Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. How many know the Lord reigns? Now, but, 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 but watch here. How, who does he reign through? King of what? Lord of what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. I, I, we, we all know that, but I wonder if we ever just make the transfer because we get so excited and we should that he reigns, but he does it through you. Now, I, I know it sounds wrong. You could say, I reign. I can't sing, but, but <laughs> right? Remember Peter and John, what they said? Silver and gold, I don't have any right now. I left my visa at home. But such as I have, give I to you. He knew he had something. He said, I have something. It's good. And if I give it to you, it's going to change your life. And I have it, and I can give it. See, we ought to get just as excited about what Jesus did in us. The church has done finally a pretty good job about telling us about who Christ is in us, but then it kind of stopped there. Now, now we need to hear more about getting it through us, not just, not just in us. Because if it's just in us, we'll just sit there and be like, I got all to send me. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. We got to get it out. Say, get it out. Tell your neighbor, say, get with it. And tell them once again, say, neighbor, you still. Just about, Just about a good-looking thing. <laughs> We've had such a wonderful time in these meetings. Appreciate you coming and being a part. And but with the Hammies, we are, we just—I um, <clears throat> wouldn't say this if it wasn't true, and uh, I wouldn't say it because you think I should say it. But we have decided we just love this couple forever. And uh, and if the Lord tells them to move to Alabama, he probably will. <laughs> I have brought it up a couple of times. <laughs> Can I get a witness in the house? <laughs> Ain't said a word. But they uh, have been such a refreshing for us to see some things about the ministry worldwide and what they carry and how they carry it and who they are. They're, uh, they, make, uh, they make Jesus look good everywhere they go. He's already good, but to people who don't know that, they make Jesus look really good. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us in Jimison, Alabama, Grace Life Church. We want to just tell you how much we love you. Praise you. So they said we might, they might would come back. They'll think about it, but praise the Lord. But, so we're pulling on that, okay? Y'all ready? Will you come and just do whatever you want to do? I want you to think about this just just a moment. Um, He is king of kings and lord of lords. So obviously there are kings and lords that are under him. But what has he called you and me to be? Kings and priests. So he is king of us, 
Because we're kings. And he is Lord of lords. Because he's given us things to be Lord over. So he is over us in every aspect. Every dimension. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. So look at somebody and say, that's good. Not bad. Not bad for a Monday night. <laughs> wow. Good to be with you. And Betty and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, we'll get this stuff out of the way. We're just, we have fallen in love with your pastors. We did. Well, we met them a few months ago, and we decided Saturday we loved them. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. We have, we have literally fallen in love with your pastors. Thanks to John and Betty. John and Betty, we were in, in Millbrook a few months ago, and he said, you got to meet this couple. So he said, I'll call them and see if they'll drive down to Millbrook. And, uh, and so we met at Applebee's in Millbrook, and we stayed there. Betty and I left the restaurant. We met at 6. Betty and I left the restaurant at 9.30. And you guys stayed until 11. I don't know what y'all talked about if you evaluated me and Betty after we left or what, but <laughs> oh, they're still <laughs> but uh, I tell you what they are precious people and John and Betty, we've known them for 40 years and that's just good it's good to meet pastors uh, Pastor Green from uh, around the Gadsden area and C Ronald C, now he said, I, I'm a former pastor. I said, there's never a former pastor. If you have ever pastored, you are a pastor until you die. Because that's a gift from, that's a gift that Jesus put into the church and into you that you just don't get. Betty and I may be traveling evangelists. We may be prophetic, but we're always pastors because we pastored. And we love people. I told somebody one time I could be a great pastor if it wasn't for people. Because <laughs> people, when I was pastoring, people were my biggest problem. But I hate empty seats. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Betty and I, we, we just, we love people. And why, that's why tonight the, the room is not full, but we're going to act like it's full. You know. Because all of you at home on Facebook, why don't you just turn around and wave to the people on Facebook and just say, welcome to Grace Life Church. Welcome tonight. And uh, you stick around for a little while because the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Why don't you give the Lord a shout of praise tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes hallelujah Betty and I were coming south on 65 tonight, 
I saw an old broken down Volkswagen going north with the devil in it, and he was going. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere close to that place tonight. <clears throat> Mars Chapman wrote that song, man. Isn't that a good song? You are a mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Matt, come just a minute before you're seated, guys. I want, you, I want you to come, John. Pastors, I want you to come. I want you to come. We're going to lay hands on Matt. You leave Wednesday morning for Thailand. For Bangladesh. Oh, Bangladesh, okay. It's over in the Indian Ocean, yeah. How long are you going to be gone? 11 days. 11 days. Wow. Julie, come up with him. Just stand with him. <clears throat> I want you to stretch your hands toward them tonight. <laughs> Matt, you're not going by yourself. You're going in the power, the anointing, the giftings, and the, the calling of the Almighty God, when your feet touch the ground in Bangladesh, miracles are going to begin to happen. Oh, they're already going to begin to happen. Oh, God, Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You're going in authority. Hallelujah. Authority. Glory. And power. Shut up, Oh. Hallelujah. Glory. Wow. The Bible says that the people that heard Jesus teach, they said it wasn't the miracles that got their attention. The Bible says that they were amazed at the authority with which he spoke. And Matt, you're going to speak with authority. I mean, the devils are already trembling in Bangladesh. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine the demons see Jesus coming across the lake with 12 unbelievers? <laughs> the dirty dozen. They start trembling they sent a storm to try to stop him. But Jesus just said to the storm, peace, be still. Waves lay down. Let's go back to sleep, guys. And when they got off the boat, as soon as Jesus' feet touched the shore, the demoniac came running toward Jesus, fell at his feet, and said, don't mess with us, please. Or send us, don't send us out of this territory. <laughs> you are going in power and authority in Jesus' name. The angels of the Lord surround you. They're going to protect you while he's gone. You don't even need to worry. <laughs> Psalm 91. Psalm 91 over you. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. 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 I want all the pastors, just lay hands on him. Come guys, just lay hands on him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. 
Yes, yes. I just want to tell you this, not to scare you, but when we were in Ecuador on one of the trips, and we went, we flew into Quito, where we usually fly into, and then we flew into Guayaquil, and then we were traveling on, and a few days after we were in Guayaquil to La Libertad Salinas, and uh, while we were in a little compound, which is just a neighborhood, um, they had an uprising in the nation. And we were right next door to the pastor of a church that meets 38 times a week, or back then, a few years ago, they did. Everybody say 38 times. Only he didn't preach every service. <laughs> but they had 38 services a week because they couldn't fit everybody in their building. And uh, it was in the town, the city of Waikil. And uh, while we were there, we're like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> because they can't have weapons. They can't have guns. They can have them, but they can't use them, or then they go to jail or prison. So uh, they had a couple of people that just let you in and out of the compound. So we were told to shelter in place. It was the police of the nation that uh, were rioting and protesting because their pay had been cut and their benefits. And so they were the guards over the whole nation. They guarded the grocery stores, all kinds of stores. They were the security. And so we were there praying, praying for it to end. But before it ended, we had to go on after ministering in Waikil to La Libertad Salinas. They sent two guys who began to tell us how they had a guest who was abducted and robbed at gunpoint. <laughs> he spoke Spanish, we don't. But anyway, and so they formed the King's Protectors. And so two of them were driving us on a very isolated road that was off season. It was the more their winter, so it was toward the beach. But uh, anyway, so of course we prayed in tongues all the way there. We prayed in tongues while we were there. And then we prayed in tongues when we had to leave at midnight to drive back at night. But when he said authority, you need to recognize that when you get there, it does not matter what happens because you're going to be safe, protected. And we were, but we had to take power and authority over the situation. And so it resolved. We were fine. Glory to God. We had 12 protectors drive us back to Waikil, and God was faithful. So don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed, but know that God is with you, and he will carry you through. Can you say amen, everybody? Amen. amen. Jesus said if you eat any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. Paul, on the island of Malta, was helping build a fire. And uh, a viper came out, attached itself to his hand. <clears throat> and people are fickle, you know. <laughs> don't, don't ever look to popular opinion for anything. Because once the viper attached itself to Paul's hand, Paul, the Bible says Paul shook it off in the fire. And the people started saying, Woo, this man must have done something bad, you know, for, for this kind of death to happened to him. And after 30 or 40 minutes, nothing happened. Then they started worshiping him. <laughs> the people are fickle. 
But I, th there's a message in that. Because the enemy, whenever you're on a mission for the kingdom, the enemy will come out of the fire and attach itself to you in any form he can. And what you need to do is to shake it off and keep on going. Shake it off. People talk bad about you. You know, it's interesting. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, when you go out, he said, uh, if people don't receive you, now we Pentecostals have used this as a curse. You know, just shake the dust off. If they don't receive you, just shake the dust. Okay, I just. Listen to what the dust is. Isaiah 66 says that the serpent's food is the dust of the earth. What he feeds on is the dust that you accumulate on the bottom of your feet. You know, it's interesting. The, the bottom of your feet, if you've ever gone to reflexology, there are muscles and, and lymph nodes in the bottom of your feet that are attached to every organ of your body. That's why if you go to detox, you put your feet in that little thing of water and, and uh, they put electrical, just the right amount of electricity into the water and salt, salt, that'll preach, and salt, and in an hour, that water is so dirty, so filthy, so contaminated with toxins that have been pulled out of your body through your feet. Hallelujah. So you just need to, anything that the devil throws at you, shake it off. Because I'll tell you what, ministers, you understand this. If you don't shake it off, the next time you stand up to minister, you have to minister through that hurt. You have to minister through that wound. You have to minister through that abuse. If you don't, Shake it off. Because it's the dust of the earth. It's Satan's food. Wow. Just, hey. Just shake it off. Woo! Shake off those heavy bands. Thank you, Lord. I want you to turn to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13. And just hang with me for a few minutes in Proverbs. And then we're going to move on. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. When you get there, say yes. yes. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Look at chapter 12 of Proverbs, verse 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Look at Proverbs 15. 
Verse 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Underline that passage because by sorrow of the heart, let me, let me stop here for a moment. The word sorrow, if you look up the word sorrow, it is also interpreted, the original meaning of the word sorrow is idle. When you set up an idol in your heart, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Nancy Harmon one time said she was in Australia and the Lord woke her up in the middle of the night. And this is what the Lord said to her. Said depression, now watch, depression, now I'm not talking about clinical depression. I'm talking about just plain old depression that you and I experience. Depression is worship turned inward. Depression is worship turned inward. When you get depressed, when I get depressed, I don't want Betty to try to help me. Leave me alone. I'm having a private pity party. And I'm enjoying it. Let me get it out of my system, then you can help me. I just want to wallow in it for a little while. And what happens is you begin to worship the problem instead of the one who has already solved the problem. Now, okay, that's a little, okay, look, look at uh, what was that? 15. Look at 17:22. Proverbs 17:22. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. That is very important, guys. A merry heart does good. John was over here laughing so hard, he almost choked. My mom, my mom, when she laughs, she'll laugh. <laughs> she snorts like a pig, man. She's a ham bee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is on Facebook, so somebody will, I'm sure. <laughs> but... The Bible says a merry heart does good life, but a broken spirit, a broken spirit dries the bones. Remember that. A broken spirit dries the bones. Now look at Proverbs 18, 21. You know this one. You can quote it. We've got it tattooed on the backside of our brain. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who eat it will eat, those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who eat it, love it, will eat its fruit. But I want you to look at the verse above. A man's stomach 
shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. I'm going somewhere. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Now watch. The original word for stomach is womb. W-O-M-B. A man's womb. All right, men. A man's, from a man's womb, what does it say? A man's womb shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. What is the womb? The womb is the part of you where you dream, where you have visions. This building, you know, this building, before, when it was just a piece of dirt, somebody had to have a dream of what it was going to look like. Somebody had to have a dream or a vision of what it would look like. So you get together with an architect. And what's the first thing the architect is going to say to you? Well, what do you see? Well, you've not seen it with your physical eyes, but you've seen it from your womb, the place that gives birth. Does that make sense? Okay. But not until you open your mouth and you say it does it enter the cosmos. Not until then does it enter the cosmos. You've got to open your mouth and say it. That's why the next verse says, death and life. To what? Death and life to the vision. Death and life to the future. It's in the power of the tongue. You got to say it in order for it to come to pass. Genesis. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void without form. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now watch this. Not until the third day did he create the sun and the moon. So what was the first light that he created? It was the ability to have revelation. The light. Have you ever been thinking and all of a sudden you go, the light just came on. Boom! Well, the first thing God created was the ability for us to receive revelation so that we could hear and be obedient. Now, with all of that in mind, <laughs> Look at Ezekiel 37. With that in mind, 
Ezekiel 37, you're there? Verse 1, the hand of the Lord came upon me, Ezekiel, and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. These people had been dead so long that they were bones now. How long does it take for a corpse to degenerate to just bones? Long time. I think I pastored that church one time. <laughs> just, just It's full of bones. Now watch. Full of bones is translated substance or ability. All right? It was full of, the valley was full of dry bones. Now what does the Bible, what did Proverbs say would cause the bones to dry up? A broken spirit. It was full of bones. It was full of substance and ability. Do you know where the greatest source of ability and substance is? In Jemison, it's in the graveyard. Full of dry bones. Now, look at verse 2. It says, Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. They weren't just dry. They were very dry. Now, I want you to listen. The, the word very dry means to be ashamed, to be confused, to be disappointed. It was very dry. So all of Israel, they were not dead physically. Come on. They were not dead physically. They were, their spirit had been broken. They had been so disappointed, they had been so confused, they had been so disappointed that they were like a bunch of dead people. And when you're in that place, you're no good to God or the church. Isaiah, I mean, Second uh, uh, Chronicles 20, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat was surrounded by enemies on every side. And where did they attack? They attacked Judah. And they attacked Jerusalem. The word Judah means praise. The word Ju Jerusalem means the house of peace. So where does the enemy attack you? In your praise and in your peace. If you don't have peace, you're not good to this pastor. You're not good to this church. You're not good to anybody. Why? Because your spirit has been broken. People commit suicide at this point now when they think all hope is gone. <laughs> now, now look at me. Look at me in the face. Every one of you has a situation that has disappointed you, 
discouraged you, has confused you, caused you to be ashamed, that could strip your hope away from you. And God said to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? If it had been me, I'd have said, ain't no way. (laughs) But you know what? When God asks you a question, don't presume to know the answer. God said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, only you know. God said, good answer, boy. Again he said to me, now watch. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones. The word prophesy just simply means there's no hidden meaning The word prophesy just means to sing or to speak under the inspiration. In services, many times I'll go to somebody, I don't have a clue what I'm going to say to them. I just know I'm supposed to go to you or you or you or you. And when I get there, God says, good. Okay, now let me tell you what to say. But it was the inspiration. Have you ever been in prayer time and all of a sudden the Lord inspires you to call somebody and say this to them and you say, well, Lord, I'll call them when I get through. And when you get through, the inspiration is gone. I I remember Pastor Benny Hinn saying, in every service that I'm in, there's always a 30-second window where I can either jump in or stay with what I'm doing. And he says, I have to be able to recognize that window and I have to be willing to stop what I'm doing and jump in. And don't miss it, right? You don't want to miss that window. I've missed it before and regretted it. What could have happened if I had jumped in? What could have happened if I had moved under the inspiration? So the Lord said to Ezekiel, again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, say, that's all prophesying is, is saying, life and death is in the power of the tongue. There are times I'll have a picture. It's not here, it's here. And when I begin to say it, life begins to flow. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, prophesy and say to these bones, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, 
there was a noise. And suddenly, a rattling. The toe bone connected to the foot bone. The foot bone connected to the ankle bone. The ankle. Hear the word of the Lord. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. In other words, there was no spirit in it. There are many churches across America. They look like a church. They smell like a church. They act like a church. But there's no breath in them. So what does it take? It takes the spirit. It takes, first of all, us recognizing, okay, they look right. Hey, Revelation chapter 3, the Bible says, Jesus sent a message to the church of Sardis. And he said, you look good. You do all the right songs. You do all of the right things that cause a church to come together. But you have a reputation of having a name, but inside you are dead. Wow. Get ready, Betty. I'm telling you, what do you do in situations like this where you don't know what to do? It's, it's like death is closing in on a situation. It's like you know this is what's supposed to happen, but it's not happening. What do you do? You begin to prophesy the word of the Lord to that situation. Benny, I want you to come. We, our, our, our youngest son... Our youngest son was uh, living at home, and uh, he was working at a five-star restaurant. We told you about that. And he started dating the girlfriend from hell. Now, the girlfriend from hell was, she, she was not from hell, <laughs> but she was sent on assignment to destroy Jeremy's life. Come. This is called. <laughs> we were uh, in a desperate place because we knew she had come to stop his destiny, to stop what God had for him. Now, I'm, I'm just going to tell you tonight, I don't know if anybody in this room has any children or someone close to you that's not following after the Lord, but this is going to give you new life. And even any dead situations, seemingly dead situations, if you begin to speak into it, you're going to see things change. So our son, he probably, I hope he's not watching, but uh, anyway, <laughs> we're going to be in trouble tonight. But uh, he, he was... He, was, he had strayed away from the Lord. He was trying to save her, and instead she brought him down. So we were in great dismay, and uh, so we, be, we were praying one night, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Why, when are you going to start praying the answer, not the problem? Because we say, oh, God, you know, and he said, mm-hmm, I do. Oh, oh, Lord, you know about this situation. Oh, oh, God, this is, and he says, yes, I know all about it. Why are you telling me? What gets his attention? His word, faith, 
declarations, prophetic, that believing God gets God's attention, not our little whinies. Hey, grow up. Some of us have been, we may have been, <laughs> we may have been a Christian a long time, but we may be one year old over and over because we have to keep learning the same old things over and over and over again. And so we were praying and the Lord said, just under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit began to reveal to us, you pray the answer, not the problem. And so we began to speak in tongues. With, we pray with the understanding. We began to declare things. And one of the things we declared was, Jeremy and this girl are going to repel each other. They're not going to agree on anything. They're not going to like each other anymore. They're going to lose all attraction. We declare it in the name of the Lord. Devil, you cannot distract him from his purpose and his death, destiny. We call him back in Jesus' name. And we began to speak the faith and the word. And as we did, a few days later, he called us. He was weeping so hard he couldn't talk. We thought he'd been in an accident or something. Finally got it out of him. Come get me. And he was at that five-star restaurant. He and the girlfriend from hell had had a violent argument. She drove off with him hanging on the side of the car. His car. His car. <laughs> that's why we had to pick him up. And uh, so he's weeping. Well, he, he got his life right with God. And, oh, that's one thing we had declared. She will go out of his life. If you bring, God, we ask you to bring another, an old boyfriend or another man or someone or something to distract her and take her out of the situation. She went to New York City. Hello. How much farther from Houston can you get? Well, you could get farther, but. <laughs> and, and by the way, I don't want to forget to tell you this, that later, we prayed for her. And she received Christ as her Savior later. But it was not through our family. But God sent someone to her. But anyway, we began to pray and believe God. So he started coming back to the Lord. So we were, uh, we were overjoyed. But he was not living at home at this point. And uh, he was, uh, but he had come back to the Lord. But he was, you know, in that stage where you're, you know, you're struggling. And uh, so he came back home, and uh, I mean, he was still, out, I'm sorry, he was still out of the house. I haven't told this in a long time, except today a little bit. But he, he was still out of the house, and uh, we were praying one night, and I told my husband, I said, listen, I said, we need to pray for God to open up a place where he can be saturated in the presence of God. So, Father, we ask you to open up a place, a way. I said, I wish he would go with Nancy Harmon on the Mighty Warriors tour. She, takes, she used to take young people out. And uh, he had said, oh, that's dumb. I don't want any part of that. And uh, so... He... He was just, he, we wouldn't know we were raising a prophet. Except his mouth, you know, he could, he could just shoot off some words, boy. And uh, <laughs> he could slice you and dice you. 
So if you're raising a prophet, be encouraged. <laughs> or prophetess. But uh, anyway, so we were at the church one day. That night we prayed and we said, Lord, we thank you you're going to open up a door for him to be saturated in your presence. We thank you that he's going to change his mind about this Mighty Warriors tour. And we just ask you to change his heart. And so we were at the church the next day. We get a phone call, and it's Jeremy. And he says, guess who called me, Mom? I said, who? He said, Nancy Harmon's secretary. She was praying last night. You hear what I'm saying? Last night, while we were praying and declaring and setting things in motion, and she called, she had her secretary called and said, Jeremy, would you go on the Mighty Warriors tour? She said, just try him one more time. And I said, what did you say? He said, well, I said, yes. <laughs> and uh, he said, but I don't have the money. I said, we'll get the money. Don't you worry about it. So, man, we were shouting and running down the church and praising God. And uh, so then right before he was supposed to leave, he, he became very ill. And we had to pray, but we also took him to the doctor. He had a terrible case of strep throat. He was one sick puppy. He said, what am I going to do? We said, you're going to go. <laughs> if you have to lie down in the back of that van until you're well, you're going. So he did one sick puppy, and that's what he did. He laid in the back of that van. And when he came home 30 days later, he was radically transformed. He went to Christ for the nations. He had a, a desire. He'd met someone who'd been there, and he said, I want to go to Christ for the nations. And so he, he went, and his life was changed. Today, whew, everybody say today. today. He is a pastor in Dalhart, Texas. And let me tell you something. That was a supernatural act of God. We were praying and speaking the word over them. They were, listen, he was in big business. He was making a great salary, but yet he was being afflicted at every point by the enemy, attacking and trying to steal from him, to kill and to destroy. And so he, he was struggling, and we're trying to help him all we could help him. And let me tell you, he gets this call totally, not totally, unexpectedly. And someone says, we want you to come and pastor. He's never pastored before. That just came out of left field. He was making his plans. But God had another plan. And so today, he is supernaturally planted in that town. And God has given so many confirmations. Don't limit God, but stop whining to God. Come on, stop whining about your situation. Stop wallowing in it. Don't lick your wounds. I'll show you mine, you show me yours. No. Shake it off. Get full of the spirit. You know, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and say, I'm going forward with God. Wow. You ought to shout tonight. Hallelujah. I was in Ecuador preaching about Ezekiel through an interpreter. And you have a few seconds to get revelation while they're interpreting. And it was fun because 
I asked the con- I said, why did God ask Ezekiel to prophesy over the dead bones? Why didn't God just say, oh, dry bones, hear my word? It's because God needs our voice in the earth. God needs you and me to speak his word into every situation that is dead. Now, let me close with this. Hebrews, what does Hebrews 4 say about the word of God? It's quick, alive, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing, dividing the sun all the way down to the marrow. What happens in the marrow? That's where life begins. That's where, if listen, if you're close to death, the last thing they want will do is give you a marrow transplant. But the word of God is so sharp, so quick, so active, it can go right through the skin, the muscle, and down to the bone, into the bone, to the very marrow, and change. Now watch, watch. The Bible says, what what is the word of God? It is sharper than a two-edged sword. Now watch. Do you know what a two-edged sword is? Go home and look it up in the Strong's Concordance. A two-edged sword is a two-mouthed sword. It is a two-mouthed sword. God said, you say what I say, and it will not return without accomplishing what it is sent out to accomplish. My God, a two-edged sword, the Bible says when Jesus comes, out of his mouth will come a two-edged sword. Why? Because Jesus only spoke what the Father said to speak. His word. What is Jesus? He is the word. So when we speak his word, it becomes a two-edged sword. Two weeks ago, last night, Betty and I were ministering at another church here in Jemison. I don't know how long it's been since we've ministered in two churches in the same town like this. The pastor, Pastor Mike, had told me, he said, I've got a son that's 39 years old. He's been into drugs. Said he is, he's a good boy, but he just he got off, off the wrong path said he has spent most of his adult life in prison. He said he and his wife live with us in our home and said he is, he doesn't come to church. He's not serving God. On Sunday night, Betty stood up in the congregation and said, tonight we declare that Brandon is coming to Jesus. We declare tonight the word of the Lord that this household is going to be saved. 
You better be under the inspiration. That was Sunday night. Monday night, we came into church. No, Monday night. We came into church. And we met Mike at the door. I said, How, have you had a good day? No, brother, I haven't had a good day. I said, what's going on? He said, Brandon, last night, was on his motorbike, had a one-vehicle accident, said the last time he looked at his speedometer, he was going over 100 miles an hour. He had an accident, and he said, when he came to, said he had enough savvy to call his wife on the phone and say, honey, I've had an accident, and the phone went dead. He went unconscious. It took them about three hours to find out where he was. You know what? When, when Pastor Mike told me that, I said, first thing I said, is he still alive? Yes, he is. I said, good. Wonderful. I said, God is going to use this for his glory. God didn't cause the accident, but God is going to use it for his glory. Pastor Mike looked at me like, So that night, we prayed for Brandon. What he did, he broke his left, just shattered the whole left knee. The muscles, the tendons, the, the, the whole thing. Skin, off both arms, just skin. He was supposed to be here tonight. He said to tell you he will get together with you. So I said, uh, he texted me, I said, this was just this afternoon. I said, uh, Pastor Mike, how's Brandon? He said, oh, I forgot to tell you. He and his wife came to church yesterday morning, and they both came forward to receive Christ as their Savior. <laughs> Is God awesome? His word will not return. Now, you don't just go out prophesying over everything that moves. When you're under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and you are a two-mouthed sword, his word will come to pass. Ezekiel looked at the dry bones. They came up. The Bible says they looked good. They looked pretty, but there was no spirit in them. So Ezekiel did the only thing he could do. Okay, God, I did what you said. What do you want me to do now? He said, prophesy to the north, south, east, and west. And prophesy for the wind, the spirit. The only thing, Jesus, when he formed Adam, Adam was a dry bone. Until he breathed the breath of life into Adam. And then the Bible says Adam stood up and he was a... Same thing. Ezekiel prophesied to the, to the wind, north, and the wind came and blew over the dry bones. Then the Bible says they stood up an exceeding army. Whatever dead situation you're going through, 
You watching at home. Whatever dead situation. Say, God, what is your word that I can speak into this situation that will bring results? Because that's what we're after is results. I'll never forget Mike Warnke, one of the great Christian comedians 20, 30 years ago. Mike Warnke said, I'd seen Billy Graham preach. He said, so I stood up before this big audience. and He said, I preached just like Billy Graham preached. He said, then I gave the altar call and he said, I'd watch Billy Graham. He said, Billy Graham would step back, fold his head and bow. He said, so I did the same thing. He said, I looked up. Nobody was in the altar. I said, God, what's the difference between me and Billy Graham? And the Lord said, results. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so if you want results, say, Lord, what do you want me to speak over this dead situation to see life come back into it? And until it is complete, don't stop. Say, Lord, okay, okay, they've come together now. The bones are together. Now what do you want me to do? Until you see the final results. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. God, we bless you tonight. We bless you. How many of you tonight have dead situations? You have dead situations. I want you to lift both hands. Lord, I'm asking you to stir inside of them your word. Let your word, your word. You told Ezekiel, prophesy what I tell you to say. Prophesy under the inspiration what I tell you to say. And Ezekiel did, and there was results. So God, I'm looking for results tonight. And only you can give results, but you've told us life and death is in the power of the tongue. So God, give us a vision in our womb of what you want to accomplish. Give us a vision. Give us a dream so that we can speak it out and watch it come to pass. With both hands lifted, just say, Lord, I want to speak your word into this situation. I want to see results for your glory for your honor, for your praise. And I believe that it will come to pass just as you have said in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout tonight. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Jesus.